Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the box set pod. This week brought to you by um, trustedvegas.com. Yeah, have you been to Vegas? Do you know someone going to Vegas? Uh, do you fancy going to Vegas? Do you hate the idea of Vegas? Well, let Trusted Vegas change your mind or help your mind. Just visit TrustedVegas.com. Uh, welcome. It's, uh, it's another rainy, sunny evening in Manchester, England. The summer has been a washout. I mean, I'm saying that. We had, like, two glorious days this week. It's going from 35 degrees... To horrible grey wet weather, isn't it? It's guff, Howell. It's been absolute guff. Speaking of guff, how how's baby preparation going, Jamie? Well, Howell, I'm speaking to you live from a bed covered in prams, uh, Moses baskets, and um, just general paraphernalia for a child rearing session. So, uh, yeah, it's heavy going. <laughs> How much money do you think it costs to bring a baby into this world? Jesus, I tell you. And we're getting, we're borrowing from everybody, you know. <laughs> I mean, everybody. Yeah. And it's still not enough. Like, we're still spending, you know, fortune on, like, sterilizing stuff for, uh, you know, babies, milking sessions. And uh, <laughs> Lauren, I bought, a, I bought Lauren a breast pump. Oh, lucky girl! Hey, <laughs> happy Christmas. Anyway, we had uh, we wanted to check it was working because I had to put it together. And <laughs> you know, Lauren couldn't test it because if she tests it, then the you know she'll start milk will stop. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> so I had to try the breast pump out on my own <laughs> to check the suction was working and uh, how can, I can you convert. check? How can you check? <laughs> you press it against your nipple. And, and what comes out? No, nothing Are you comes lactating? out. But you, you, no, no, you can feel the suction. All you want to do is check <laughs> that the suction's working when you... when you. Anyway, so, yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> uh, I really shouldn't... I wasn't going to tell anyone that. Uh, there we go. That's just happened. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's times like this. I wish we were back on the radio. <laughs> and yeah. um, how do you think people managed, you know, <laughs> between the dawn of man until about know. 30 years ago? Surely doesn't part of you think, we don't need any of this shit? Yeah, there is a little bit of you that thinks... Just bring um, it up in, a, in the woods. It'll be fine. Yeah, there's, a, there's an element of over-caution, but I think... You sat there with the breast pump on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you've passed the the, yeah. the line of overcaution yet? Yeah, I think I think that it's definitely one of those things where you just feel like you have to have every bit of a. It's like all the gear, no idea. Mm. It's very much like because you know so little and because you're so ill-equipped mentally for this, you just cover yourself in equipment and bits and bobs to like make the process supposedly easier so 
We'll, we'll see if it does the job. And have you got the breast pump on now? No, how well I used it once. The suction worked, and I removed it. It's weird. It does. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. You're not <laughs> tempted to attach it to the cat's face or anything. No, Ernie hates us anyway so at the moment. So he, I mean, I think he knows. There's another presence in the house. There's a and he storm like it one brewing. bit. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he's pretty wow. much miserable at the moment. Well, we'll keep track of that on tonight's podcast. Uh, Gotham, we're talking about Gotham. Yeah. Uh, a Batman prequel. Um, I've Now I'm up to date with Gotham completely. Jamie's right. just done episode oh. one. And uh, others will join us. But first... Let's find out what's going on in the world of box sets with yeah, Jamie. First, first of all, a couple of shows I'm watching at the moment. Um, uh, first of all, Happy Valley, oh, which right. is, you know, we've talked about this before. I think Ben mentioned it. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, I mean, people say it's, it's brilliant. It's really good, actually. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's gritty, hard-hitting. But um, the reason I, wa- I watched it was because... Uh, I was listening to an Adam Buxton podcast. Me too. When he was I listened talking. to the same podcast. Yeah, she was talking on that, and so she sounded like a really interesting uh, person. And mm. the show is really good, actually. Very, very, very impressive. Mm. Uh, and also, one of the show we're watching is uh, Rick and Morty, which is an Ooh. animated series by co-created by the guy behind Community, Dan Harmon, right. and it's an animated series that's it's basically like if an X-rated cartoon version of if Doc Brown and Marty from Back to the Future went on uh, adventures of time travelling and moving through different dimensions. Nice. Uh, and it's really good, actually. It's worth a watch. Very, very funny. It's Happy Valley, just to go back. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't watched it because I imagine it's the absolute opposite of Happy. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the title is definitely uh, used for ironic reasons. Mm. It's uh, set up in the um, near um, um, Huddersfield and sort of on the West Yorkshire border, Pennines mm. way, and it's pretty, you know, pretty miserable, pretty miserable material, but it's brilliant. Like, it's, you know, it's great to watch alongside something that you might find, you know, if you watch it in lighter, mm. then it's okay to watch, have the occasional dip into this really gritty um, but very um, compelling drama about police officers in West Yorkshire and it's it's genuinely really good mm. and really well written uh, Steve Pemberton from League of Gentlemen's in it he's really good mm. it's actually the plot for the first series uh, similar to the film the Far- Fargo the film Fargo because I say League of Gentlemen <laughs> no yeah. no but it's very much like the similar plot with like characters making kind of very unusual like angry decisions in their frustrated mm. lives that lead to even worse situa- situations occurring but right. yeah it's really good very good oh, brilliant very good okay um, I'll do some news yeah, now very happening? very quickly so uh, if you go to the com slash news all the bits are there first of all Stranger Things uh, is coming back I think I might have mentioned that in the past actually um, but also Woody Allen um, his latest show is coming to Amazon six episode series called Crisis in six seasons it's released on the 30th of September He's wrote it, he directed it, he's starring in it. It's set in the 1960s in America. The comedy
comedy legend himself plays the role of novelist Sidney Muntzinger, and uh, it follows a middle-class suburban family whose life is turned upside down by a guest played by Miley Cyrus. Oh. Miley Cyrus is in it, which is an interesting one. So how there's many, a sneaky peek um, there how on, many the, on the website. How many do you think this will get? I don't know. I think it depends very much on Woody. I think he could have anything he wants. Are you not, and... um, you're not understanding the joke? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Good yes. six seasons. Six seasons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. Good, yeah. But you're right. Yeah, I'm that sure Woody good. can decide. Uh, good, good. Also, George R. R. Martin is already thinking of the future once Game of Thrones finishes. By the <laughs> way, um, uh, Arya, the actress who plays Arya, Maisie Williams, has been talking about how good season seven's going to be. Oh. Very excited. Okay. But anyway, season there's only two seasons left of Game of Thrones. So George R. R. Martin is already working on bringing another of his creations to the small screen. Uh, uh, Universal Cable Productions has bought the rights to Wild Cards. Now, this this is a series of science fiction superhero stories uh, told by different authors. So, different authors provide stories, and it's curated and sort of brought together anthology-wise by George R.R. R. Martin. Do you uh, not think we've had enough now, superheroes? No. Uh, yeah, I know, but the idea of George R.R. R. Martin doing superheroes is something interesting. It's like he, what he did, he, he kind of took Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings world and, and adulted up that. Mm. I feel like this, I've not read any of the books, but I imagine he's taken the superhero world and added a sort of more gruesome, yeah. slightly erotic... Um, yeah, twist I imagine there'll to be that. a lot of eroticism. Yeah. Yes, that's definitely the case. Exciting. And lastly, right. uh, David O. Russell, who's made some great films, Silver Lining Playbook, American Hustle, Joy. He's teaming up with Robert De Niro. He's coming to TV along with Julianne Moore. He's bringing his latest TV effort to our world. I don't know anything about the project. Nobody does other than David O. Russell, but we're all very excited. And already he's received multiple offers for his show from a lot of studios and David Robert De Niro moved to TV, which is very good news indeed. Well, he needs some good work. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's he pretty does need much, it. I mean, if anyone scraped the barrel, have you seen yeah. Dirty Grandpa? <laughs> no, My no. I've, I've heard God. it's a red. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't finish it. Oh what? There's oh, half an God. hour left. Uh, I, I, oh. I mean, it's just. It's just horrendous. Oh, it's so sad that uh, he's done it. I don't know why he did it. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, you've got to credit the man for, you know, I'm always ranting on about taste and now if you've got oh. the biggest taste, you'll like you'll like the simplest stuff as well as the most complex stuff. And he oh. has not he has not executed any snobbery in his taste over the years, has he? <laughs> so no. You've got to credit him with that. He's definitely uh, kept going. And and he remains, no matter what he does, we say this about him, but you'll watch everything he's in, apart from Dirty Grandpa mm. in your case. Well, interestingly enough, Howell, uh, Dirty Grandpa gets a higher rating on IMDb than Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> Right. Anyway, I'll okay. leave that there. I want you to watch Dirty Grandpa, right? <laughs> and tell me whether sexism is playing a part in the ratings on IMDb. Hello? Hello? What's up? Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, this is this is great. I've lost Jamie. 
Can you hear me? Hello. I think you've pressed mute. Jamie has pressed mute on his Skype. Hello? Let's hear how long Hello? it takes him to press unmute. This hi, is... Howell. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I, I, didn't, I wasn't mute. I think you might have done. Are you on your phone? Uh, yeah, but uh, there's the, the, I think the, you, you just disappeared, your sure, voice. You didn't, ship, you didn't hit it with your sharp cheek. No, I don't, no I'm using my um, mm. headphones, okay. so the, the actual device is yeah. a good two metres well, from that my, was That was my, face. my favourite bit of a podcast we've done in a long time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I might. I might edit that into the end of the podcast so that we can relive that moment again. <laughs> that was All great. Right. Um, so, uh, what, what were we talking about? Oh, Dirty Grandpa. Oh, you were pretending to ignore me because what I was saying was, you need to watch Dirty Grandpa and then tell me that the ratings on IMDb for Ghostbusters are not massively skewed, even yeah, even yeah. with what you thought about it. Well, you... I'm sure that it's not as bad as... Uh, uh, D- Dirty Grandpa is worse than Ghostbusters. I oh. mean. Okay. By I'm, I'm so, sure. so far. So yeah. think of the worst film you've ever seen. It's worse than that. Oh. It's so bad. Really? Yeah, it's just misogynistic, terrible, horrible... It's hor- It's just shit. It's real oh. shit. And of course, De Niro's good and Efron, you know, there's a good cast in there. They've just... Um, yeah. The pace, there's something about the execution of it, the pace, the tone, that, mm. that instead of making it like... Um, instead of it making it kind of Judd Apatow, cheeky, oh, oh taboo. Instead mm. of being taboo, it's, it comes across as just actually uncomfortably weird... Yeah, it looks like it's trying to do a Farrelly Brothers. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not cartoon enough. It's like, tries to be real. Um, In which case, if you want to be real, then it's a 75-year-old trying to pull an 18-year-old. And it doesn't sit right. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. The only time he does do anything good, De Niro, these days, is when he's working with David O. Russell, because he's brilliant in Silver Linings. Mm. He's really good in American Hustle. Joy's good. Well, he just takes... It's like someone offers him a job. He just takes everything. And he says yes. Simple as that. But you do wonder, like, how much how much fun can he be having? Maybe that's it. You know, if if he meets someone who he enjoys the idea of working with, then he does it. He's, he's yeah. rich enough and he's old enough now to not want to spend months on something shit. So yeah. whatever the result is, as long as he's having fun. Yeah, I, I think with De, De Niro, I don't think he cares about, like, you know, protecting his reputation you or reckon? some kind of legacy. <laughs> I think he just does whatever he wants these days and yeah, uh, yeah. and I, he'll still go down as a legend. He knows he'll oh, still yeah. be a legend and he can and I think he just feels like, well, you know, it's got a few years of acting left in me. I might as well see what's um what's, what's available. The of the barrel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Scrape that barrel, De Niro. Scrape it. Yeah. Yeah. What's Pacino doing? Huh? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Pacino's. I mean, Jack Nicholson doesn't work anymore, pretty much, but I think that might be related to health reasons. Um, yeah, I'm just not wanting to bother. I heard Louis C.K.'s interview with Mark Maron, and he tried to get Jack Nicholson involved with um, Thingamajig. No, you're thinking of Joe Pesci. Uh, I was sure he mentioned Nicholson as well, because Joe uh, Pesci actually got in a conversation about it. 
Yeah. I thought yeah. Jack Nicholson just like gave him a one line kind of you know what I do? I be I'm I just be Jack Nicholson. Um or he said something like Ooh. I'm sitting under a tree smoking a cigar. That's what I do. Or something. Oh right, uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I've imagined that. Alright, well um let's Let's welcome some other people to the podcast, shall we? Uh, Bring them in. Who shall we start with? How about Mel in the United States of America? Mel, part-time teacher. She also runs ChuckTV.net. And she's a valued and valuable member of this podcast. Please welcome Mel. Wow, my ears are burning. <laughs> hey! That hey, was smooth. Yeah, good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Excellent, excellent. Um, I saw an interview with a comedian who's a Don- Donald Trump impersonator the other day. Goes around the country doing a really good Donald Trump impression, and he's clearly like not going to vote for the guy. He's sending him up too much. And Channel Four News from England went over and asked him what he thinks. Uh, the election result will be, and he said he thinks it's going to be a landslide for Donald Trump because everywhere he goes, people, you know, people who won't admit to voting Trump um, just come come over and love him. He said everywhere he goes. He's lying. Oh, Jesus. I don't think he's lying. I don't think he's lying. He might or, not be right. Or he's only visiting very, very specific parts of the country. Well, maybe. That's scary. That's very scary. Well, that's what happened with Brexit, people. It was the silent majority, the people who won't answer phones and do polls. It was those people who will uh, who step up. We'll see. Sorry to bum you out, Mel. <laughs> <sighs> Why am I even here every week? <laughs> You're screwed. You're it's representing be the Trump Donald Trump. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, Mel, we're going to be talking Gotham shortly. Um, have you managed to watch episode one? I did. Hey, I did. That's good. Yes. I am going to now try and get Jack Boardman. Jack Boardman, 21-year-old? Um... Hasn't he been 21 for, like, the last three seasons of the podcast? Yeah, that might be right. But then the last three seasons, I think, are only the last year. So oh, okay, that, well, then. That could be correct. Um, let me pop Jack a text because he, he doesn't seem to be on his thing. And I'll cut this bit. Oh, here he comes. Hello? I, I don't need to cut this out. He's here. Hi, Jack. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Hey. I'm not too bad, thanks. I'm not too bad. You just caught me in the middle of watching Alan Partridge. Have you oh. really? Oh, Mel, do you, know, his... do you know what Alan oh, Partridge he's got is, Mel? potential, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Mel, have you seen Alan Partridge? I've, yes, occasionally. Oh, he's great. I, I think, yeah, I think he does have potential. I feel like he could have a long career over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are you, is this the first time you've ever watched Alan Partridge, Jack? Yeah, today. What? No. Which one are you yeah, watching? It's uh, knowing me, knowing you. Wow, you've got a long way to go. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's bloody good. If you want to find something even possibly funnier, um, maybe it's on YouTube. He started on Radio 4 doing Alan Partridge, and that was uh, very funny. And also on the programme The Day Today, which predicted the future of news. It was like a really over-the-top news satire, and Alan Partridge yeah. was on the sports desk. Um, and it's brilliant. There's there's one particular th- 
bit where they're showing a montage of goals. Uh, you know, it's like a football roundup, and there's just this yeah. montage of goals, and Partridge is commentating on it, but he's so carried away that all he says is things like, "What, what does he say, Jamie? You'll remember." Uh, Thwack! Uh, he's got a foot like a traction engine. <laughs> 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 It's like twat. It just gets worse and worse as it goes on. Anyway, good to hear. Good to hear you've discovered Alan Partridge. Well, okay. yeah, the young generation catching up. Um, so, Jack, uh, you're a fan of Gotham, that's correct. Um, maybe fans a bit of a stretch. Okay, you've watched Gotham, so have I, and I kind of know what you mean. Let's get let's get the rundown this week from Jamie because it's not often Jamie's the guinea pig. Go on, Jamie. Yeah. Um, okay, so oh, if anyone's um, never listened to us before, no spoilers here. We're just talking about episode one and trying to persuade <coughs> you to continue or not. Right. So the plot from the first episode. Um, it's basically a young detective, James Gordon, set in Gotham, the mythical land of Batman. And this is pre, this is pre Batman, but this is the origin story for James Gordon as a detective, starting out as a police officer in Gotham City, and he's kind of working within the. Um, difficulties of uh, Gotham City whilst also getting to know a young Bruce Wayne, meeting a potential future villain in uh, the Penguin and uh, and yeah, it's uh, interesting yeah, that's, that you that's said it's an origin story for, for James Gordon an origin story for Batman but yeah, you're right, you're right well, yeah, I guess it's for him as well. But it feels, yeah. I mean, for me, what I, the thing I liked about it was that it's focusing on him and it's his story of how he grew to be a, a prominent police officer in Gotham City. Because the thing with Batman is that it's been done so much and his origin story has been done a lot. And so there is a scene that does the scene we all know of Batman's parents dying. Mm. It does that scene in the in the first episode mm-hmm. of his of, of uh, Bruce Wayne's parents dying, and you know it's been done so often. Yeah. Like it's so hard to do it well or mm. original or in any way that is you know interesting. Mm. And that's the problem the show has in that respect. So that's why it's good that it's following James Gordon's career and his uh, his storyline. Has he missed anything there, Mel? Um, I mean, as far as the plot goes, that's generally it, yeah. That's generally it. Um, so, uh, we need to know, by the end of this conversation, how important it is that people watch this. We've just come off the back of Stranger Things, and we all agree that that's very, very important to watch. Um, Jack, you've have you watched season one and two, or...? Uh, I've only watched the first three episodes of season one. Oh, have you? So you've not even made the four-episode rule. No, not yet. Goodness me. Well, I have watched both first and second seasons of Gotham. So uh, I'm the the expert here. Um, Mel, what did you think of it? I thought it was really bleak. Mm. In a good way or in a... Oh, I don't want to watch this one. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. yeah. I haven't decided. I do... I don't know. There's a lot about it that I was... I didn't care for until I reminded myself that it's it's a comic book. I mean, they're they're translating a comic book 
onto the screen, thus some of the really broad acting and characterizations. I agree. I don't know. I, I know what you mean. If you're going to go gritty and real, um, that jars a little bit, perhaps, is that you go, oh, can you actually go? And, and I think, um, and we're going to talk about this in the future, but Daredevil, I think, in my opinion, suffers from the same challenge, which is, you know, we're trying to say this is genuinely as close to downtown New York uh, as possible, and yet these characters are like, hey, wise guy, what you doing? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's jarring to have it be so gritty and then so broad at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find that, Jamie? Uh, yeah, that's a really good point because for me, I didn't see it in that way, but I think that's probably why it it, it kind of annoyed me. The dialogue definitely annoyed me, and um, I found the dialogue really like uh, just obvious and a little bit stereotypical. You know, it's kind of run-of-the-mill detective drama mm. and procedural detective shows. It had that feel about it, and, and, and the dialogue felt cliched and. I've heard it a million times, uh, you know, the characters speaking the way they do. And, yeah, you're right, in that respect, it's very broad and uh, didn't really, yeah, I found that hard to to get past early on in the, was, was just the script and just feeling a little bit like it's a bit cheesy and it's been done so much, you know, and it's been done kind of better as well. So Well, I think with every was, box set, the four episode rules there for this reason because that that is the problem with this one that that's the style hurdle with this one and mm-hmm. when you get used to that when you get past the point that jack is at um i think you be, you forget that and you um get used to that universe it becomes a different universe and for me um gotham does that better than daredevil because uh daredevil I don't know. We'll see what people say about Daredevil, but I think Gotham does that fairly well. And it, but it does kind of rely on a lot of moments where you go, "Oh, that's gonna be the Joker." Oh, that's uh, you know. There's a lot of kind mm. of, um, it, yeah. It's got a lot of that up its sleeve. Um, did you find that, Jack? Do you know Batman well enough to? Um, well, the only Batman that I know is Christian Bale's Batman, mm. and he absolutely smashed it. And this, <laughs> <laughs> this just doesn't live up to it so far, and I think that's what's putting me off it so much. Mm. Is it uh, because, like you were saying, is it because you don't have Michael Caine there to say? Oh, that's that's Mr. the other thing. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> the guy who plays Alfred is absolutely yeah. awful. Ooh, I know, Sean, Sean Pertwee. I have to agree with you, Jack. In that what? first episode, he really irritated me. I was like, "What is this? Why is he do? Why this isn't Alfred? This no. isn't how Alfred is." But Alfred's but, a sweet old man, and well, this guy is just yeah. But only because you're used to him. I think he's. I think he's a very good character. I think he comes into his own. Um, but you definitely kind of you miss Michael Caine, I think. Oh, definitely. I'm I'm really curious about this Alfred because I I happened to interview Sean Pertwee at Comic Con. Um, Tell last us month. all about this and, interview. Well, I was really I, okay. You were remember blagging. that I'm on this podcast today because. <laughs> This is the first time I've ever watched an episode of Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> and I interviewed the cast a month ago. So 
uh, didn't really know what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, God, um, what did you, you, you ask know, him? You, you learn to BS your way through things. You know what? You just listen to the other journalists because it was a roundtable. It wasn't one-on-one, thank God. Right. Um, and um, and the person who actually covers Gotham, I was doing it for um, a, a fellow journalist who had a conflict. He had sent me questions okay. to ask, which made no sense to me. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so you listen to the other journalists and you pick it up. You figure out how to how to ask questions, or you just nod and smile. So who and, are you interviewing? And, yeah. Um, so I talked with Ben McKenzie, Marina Baccarin, Sean Pertwee. Um, one of the writers, I don't remember which one. And Ben McKenzie, he plays James Gordon, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was Mrs. Right. Smith there? I don't know who. What? Will Smith's wife. Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett. Oh, Jada Pinkett. Pinkett. No, she was not. Uh, she was at Comic Con, but she'd never make it to our table. Um, the way these press rooms are set up, you're lucky if you get very many. Um, the Penguin. Did we talk to the Penguin guy? Um, now, who plays the Joker? Oh, uh, uh, oh, that's a lot further down the line. I, I can't remember. Yeah, hang on, hang on, because this is for um, uh, season three, you know, and prep for yeah. season three. So, well, that's all right. It doesn't matter. What, anyway, what, so did Sean what, what was throwing what did, me off was that he was so in person. How do I want to phrase this? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> a lot less gravitas. A lot less gravitas. Then Michael Caine, and his shirt was unbuttoned a lot further than I expected. I see. So he was so, a bit. He was a bit of a latch, wasn't he? <laughs> um, was he? Was he? Never inappropriate. Was he chatting up the ladies? No, he, I mean he was there. He was on. He was there for business. Yeah. But um, Corey Michael Smith. That's who. Edward Nigma. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. I interviewed him. Andrew Powell. Right. I right. talked to him. Right. And I don't know. Cool. I think Donald Logue. Um, but anyway. Anyway, I was just really surprised when I found out he was playing Alfred because that was not at all the image I had of Alfred. So I'm very, I'm really curious. But they talked about that at that point, you know, after season two, we've gone into his backstory some more and there will be more of that coming up in season three. So, okay. um well, I think he's an excellent actor, and it's very difficult to follow Michael, Mr. Bruce. But <laughs> very difficult to follow Michael um, doing that part. Um, but I do think that he, he forms his own thing there, and, and you'll you'll get to like that. I do think uh, Jay is it Jaden or Jada Pinkett Smith? Jada. Jada Pinkett Smith is great. I think I did not know that she was related to Will Smith when I watched it. I, I'm terrible with everything and uh, so I was watching it kind of blind there wasn't the Winona Ryder complex for me on this one Um, (laughs) and and I just thought oh this character is so creepy she's so creepy and real uh, in her creepiness and her threatening nature that I uh, didn't like her you know Um, did you all feel the same way, or did you uh, just not like her? It's hard. You know, first episodes are always... Pilots are hard. And this one, she just felt like a stereotypical bad guy, gangster woman who I've seen... I feel like I've seen a lot of 
these kind of characters. And, uh, you know, it, it felt, the show just felt unoriginal. Well, this is the and difficult yet. thing. If you'd never seen a superhero thing, um, then you might have thought she was amazing. But we are we are reaching maximum washout of these things now, aren't we? Yeah, and and it's not it's not just superhero. It, it's the crime drama thing as well. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the there's something about it that just feels like it's very much straddling these two worlds of the superhero and the gritty crime thing and it's neither doing either of them better than other shows do them so it's like stuck in the middle kind of being very average at both but you know having said that i think it's a good idea for us i like the idea of following james gordon's career and within it wrapping in these these sort of superhero characters on the on the way and I like that idea and maybe that works better as it goes along because the first episode did feel a little bit just tired and a bit old and and you know Batman we know it so well mm. we, we know the story so well it's hard to do it w- when it's been done so many times so Jack you loved the Christian Bale Batman oh I thought it was absolutely brilliant and all the bad guys in it were portrayed fantastically apart from uh, Bane hello Jack <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah I, I mean I, 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 I'm not a big fan I thought that it was very well funded uh, I, I thought that you know it was shot quite well and stuff but I, I found the second one um, so long just so long oh with just, the Joker yeah, and uh, oh. I mean, there's some there's some good bits, but um, which one's Harvey Two Face? Number th- number two, yeah. Number two, The oh, Dark Knight. Just so bloody slow. Uh, me and Jamie have had this argument before, but I I I missed the comic book nature. What what they did with Christian Bale's Batman is they made it very like a really good. Um, you know, starting in in the east, in in the, like Tibet or whatever, and they they made it a really good, almost drama thriller thing. And the comic book thing was almost taken out of that completely. You had the fun moments of the cars and stuff, but um, but the characters were super real, and it was like watching a drama, um, which is fine, an action movie drama, but I think that what Gotham, what you will like about Gotham, is that it's actually gothic. The uh, season two becomes even more so. There's um, this world of these characters and stuff. Once you get used to it, I can't. Maybe you can think of one that is quite as gothic. But in this world of these dark, dark corners and red lampshades and um, these broad characters, I'm not sure that I can think of one that's really, really gone into that. Uh, that world quite as much Batman's they've tried to be very very inventive with all the Batmans and and I can't think that one's actually really done that of late can you give me an example mm, no probably probably not yeah I'm trying to think I, I don't I think there really is and and so it does feel like you're watching things that you've seen before but once you're in that world it's pr- it's arguably one of the closest things to an actual comic book that you'll find and mm-hmm. what we've gone over what we've gone through through the last 10 years or so is people moving away from trying to be inventive with the comic book this is kind of almost uh, 
back to square one, you know? Maybe. Yeah. But <coughs> that's tempting. That is that's, you know, tempting. And, and of course you you get close to the characters and you you warm to them and stuff. But there are still that is quite difficult to shake. There's still that almost almost horror th- horror film trope where it's something happened, there's a character and suddenly someone's backstabbing someone else and part of you goes, oh god, don't do this. <laughs> um, but at the same time uh, it's quite nice that it sticks within that world and you do feel like you're in the in the pages of the comic book where I think well, something like Daredevil's more confused. Carrot, yeah, and I think the casting's important like, because, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith's a really good choice and I think, I think she probably will get better as she goes along, but like you know, Ben McKenzie, you, um, who's here to plays James Gordon, he's from the OC, isn't he, Mel? And uh, did uh, excuse I me, thought, I never watched that show. I thought you'd have loved the the OC. Oh, it's, it's right in the, it's right in the middle of the Gilmore Girls. In a world of Chuck yeah. and the Gilmore Girls, Mel hates the OC. <laughs> I found well, it very boring. I tried it and I found it very very boring. Well, it's interesting you say that because he's. I find him a bit bland. That actor a bit bland as Which well. Which one is he? The main guy, James Gordon. Oh right. He's playing that very. It's that. It's that male trope of. And maybe this changes as we go go on, mm. but he's he's almost the Superman where yep. he's always going to do the right thing and he's yep. always going to disapprove of anybody mm. who's who's you know working within gray areas. Yeah, he's, it's just he's Kermit really the frog. dull. He's Kermit the Frog. He's he <laughs> he always does the right thing. And does so, he sing? Does he play the banjo? Yeah. Now the 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 question that is raised in Batman the movies uh, really well, I think, is about is about morals. You know, when when uh, Batman and James Gordon in the future have to pretend that Batman's the bad guy because people aren't ready for it and all things like that. The the series. That is what it's about. It's about taking this dead straight moralistic, there is right and wrong, and going, how can you succeed? How can you beat the bad guys if you are always transparent? Because then mm-hmm. everyone will find out what you're doing because everyone else is corrupt. So that's kind of, that's the route that it, that it heads down. So, so okay. yes, you're supposed to, you're supposed to think this guy is, it can't be Jesus. At the beginning, you know. Okay. Well, that's that's promising. It it is. It's, I get bored with that very quickly. It's sort oh, of yeah. um, every character Kevin Costner ever played, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is absolutely what that's this whole series. That's what it's about. It's about James Gordon. How will he become commissioner and retain yeah. some kind of moral? Standing, so, and that's interesting. That yeah. actually is interesting. Oh, it's great. And know? and there are um, mafia bosses. Is the guy from The Wire Rolls? Is he Rolls? The really annoying sort of middle manager in The Wire in the. Place. Oh yeah, yeah. He plays a gangster, and he does see in the first episode. Yeah, oh, uh... he in the first episode. Yeah, and have you seen Batista yet from Dexter? No, Batista's no. in it. Yeah, is he a cop? He is another uh, kingpin like that guy. Oh, Ooh. things get very interesting, and it is all weaved around. You know, the the, uh, the penguin becomes a very interesting character, um, 
and and yeah it's all about grades of morality who who is you know what are the morals that jada pinkett smith's character has compared to the other kingpins and the joker and how is james corden going to navigate that meanwhile little batman um is is a is a player of sorts you know it's mm. um it's really good and sean petrie really will his backstory is what really starts to get you to accept him in his world compared to michael kane it's okay. it's definitely uh i mean just yeah. talking about it now remembering it makes me want to uh, look forward to season three um, oh okay how how are you how are you pronouncing his last name uh p p i s- Pertwee. Pertwee. Said, but it's per. Oh, okay. Pertwee. Pertwee. Okay. Pertwee. That's how we were saying it, and you you said something else, and I yeah, thought, well, surely was, he's used to people saying it wrong. <laughs> I just don't know how to say people's names. Oh, okay. Fine. I have a I have a question about Fish Mooney as far as the character in the comic books. Are any of you very familiar with the? No. With that? I'm not. No. 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 Okay. I, it was a question about her accent. Oh. She's got this sort of weird southern inflection. Yeah. yeah. And but we're supposed to be in New York City and I thought, well, maybe it's maybe it's just the character. Mm-hmm. Like maybe she's supposed to have come from Louisiana or Mississippi. But then they you have the um the person that they arrested for the Wayne's murders. Yeah. You know, they visit his wife and she's got a pretty broad southern accent. Right. And I was just confused. Like, what is? Why are we making these choices? What am I missing? Well, maybe you have to watch it to find out. Oh, do you? Okay. You don't have any you idea, do you? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I would personally, I would say that her backstory is: yeah, she's probably from the south, but she's she's been there long enough to be in charge of a lot of important things, so her accent would be would be less uh, southern yeah, than someone Yeah, less might. pronounced, right. Yeah. Uh, but I think just... as well she's playing a serpent-like character, isn't she? And mm-hmm. I think that by nature she's she's drawing out the vowels, which make you sound a little more southern. Yeah, a little and a little more evil. Funny how that works. Like you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you mentioned, though, you mentioned Oswald. I think he was my favorite character from the pilot. Yeah. So unpredictable. Yeah. There's so much right underneath the surface that you're like, oh, look out. What's going to happen? Yeah. And this is my thing. You know, Heath Ledger in uh, Batman, you know, yeah, he was great. Fair enough. You know, don't want to speak ill of the dead, but he was great. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, he was playing, um, to quote Matt Wandless, almost generalized nuttery it was like i i could go in any direction it was like um you know just total uh, uh, well just like somebody off the red on cocaine or something um yeah yeah but mm-hmm. he did i mean you, you can say that but he did it really well like yeah, people do did, that nicholas cage does that in every film and does it badly <laughs> a lot of the time yeah, so it's yeah. a hard thing to do well you yes know. but considering that what what gotham is doing is inspecting the morality of people i think that, that this exploration of the bad guys is better than in those films because in those films they're kind of there to serve the central Christian Bale stuff and so people can do these crazy performances like Heath Ledger or like Bane but in this case you really are investing over a long period of a TV series in characters like 
uh, uh, the penguin and go, well, why is he yeah. called the penguin and what's his... It's much more yeah. terrifying. Uh, it's much more disturbing to see that he's got a logic. Yeah, that is interesting mm-hmm. because I think that's the strength of the show, definitely has in its advantage, is that we've only ever... Most people, anyway, who haven't done the comic book routes have only experienced Batman or Penguin or the Joker or all these superhero characters through a very kind of one-hour, one-and-a-half-hour to three-hour film or maybe a trilogy of films, and you don't really get an opportunity to see a character gradually have an arc. Yeah. Um, and you, and that's, that's, that's what I'm actually interested in. Like They get an opportunity to really go somewhere with these characters. And you're right, Mel, like, I thought it, Penguin Guy was uh, really good. He was really interesting as an actor, really good choice, and was yeah. playing it quite well. I think yeah. What about a... you, Jack? What did you, I who was your was... favourite? I thought he was really good as well. He creeped me out a little bit at the start, which I suppose is the whole point of the character, but I've never seen the Penguin in any Batman film, so I have very, very little idea about who he is, where he's come from. And I think that, (laughs) for me... Was he in the George Clooney one? Yeah. No, no. He was in the Val... No, he was in the Michael Keaton one, the second Michael (laughs) Keaton one. With basically someone dressed up like a fat penguin waddling around basically yeah it's Danny DeVito <laughs> yeah. yeah there you go well done Danny well, because I've never seen him in anything I think that's probably going to encourage me to carry on if it was the Joker from the start yeah I would then constantly be comparing him to the Joker that I now know mm. um the Joker that Jared Leto was unfortunately just killed in Suicide Squad <laughs> yeah, um, thanks for ruining no. that um, <laughs> I do think, though, that you begin to, even if you know the characters from somewhere else, what you, what you start to feel about Gotham is it's a really good backstory. Like, it explains... It's not explaining. It, it makes you feel those characters, almost so that you could go back and watch any other Batman film, and it would work. It would still fit with it, which I think is testament to how accurate it probably is to that world and it's really thought about it I mean it's quite easy to kind of go oh why is a bad guy a bad guy he was dropped on his head as a kid but at the same time when you see when you first see the penguin in this you know he's being treated very badly and it makes you feel uh, empathy for him you go oh no don't believe me him and that's how it that's how it gets you now that's why it creeps you out so much Jack and that'll creep you out more and more because you're going, oh, I, I understand why he's in his batshit crazy head made, making these decisions. Um, and it's not as simple as just, oh, someone was picked on, so they were, they were horrible. It's like all of the forces in that world are really violent and really dangerous, and that is what forms everybody in the way they behave, particularly with Jada Pinkett Smith becomes more interesting in that sense as well. And... It's uh, it really is about morality and it's it's good it's uh, it's well worth cracking on with I think mm. it'll surprise you it'll surprise you how much you uh, you want to take that little world off the shelf and get back into it. I think I'm definitely more interested in carrying on now. I think going in, coming into the pod tonight, I was very sort of demotivated by what I'd seen. Yeah, so but, was I. Yeah. Um, but I'm more intrigued now, and I'm willing to give it a good crack. It re- it's worth if you do the four. I think you'll carry on. I, I, I do think it's. Um, it is Jack's like done work. the four, Andy. No, he's done three. I've done the three. 
Oh. One more, Jack. See how you go. But it, <laughs> it, to me, it is like a, a snow globe, you know? If if you had a snow globe and you could jump inside it, probably for a moment you'd go, Ooh, what's all this? And it feels a bit icky. And then you uh, realise that you can go in and out of this little world that really knows what it is. And I think other things, including arguably the Christian Bale one, if it had less money behind it, you might think, is this world, where is this world in our... I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the Christian Bale thing is personal to me. But, um, yeah, I, I, I strongly recommend continuing with it. Mel, what was one of the questions you asked the cast, considering you'd not watched it? Yeah. You know what? I really should have gone through those videos again before <laughs> I got on this podcast today. <laughs> I, I did not think to do that. Mel um, is a lesson in preparation today. You know it? what? It was a month ago, and it was on a day when I had five <laughs> press rooms. So I just remember being there. Sean Pertwee, he had his shirt open. And, uh, you and he had like a, a scarf or something, too. Oh, he's, a total, he's not a creep. He's just a thespian. He's just I like, suppose. hello, darling. But Is he actually English in real life? Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. I, got, I got a feeling whilst watching Wasn't it that he was just putting on a really bad accent. No. 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 Wasn't his dad on Doctor Who? Wasn't he a doctor? His, da- his dad, yeah, John Pertwee, played Doctor Who and uh, also played Wurzel Gummidge from 1979 <laughs> well, to 1980. That's a box set we need to do. <laughs> oh, that, what a show. That <laughs> is to scare the hell out of me. Uh, Mel, Wurzel Gummidge was basically a scarecrow, a children's TV series. So uh, there we oh, go. Okay. Yeah. Right. Not worth watching. Uh, right. Spend your time on Gotham. I will. I'm going to I'm going to go through the four episodes at least on this one because I'm yeah. I was marginally intrigued and now I'm I'm more so. Well, I'll be honest, I've talked myself into it throughout this podcast. <laughs> it, I remember now why I watched for a full two seasons of it. And still when you finished it and you put it away, do you know what I mean? There's some there's some series like that where you go Oh, do I do I want to go there on holiday? Mm. And then you go and you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember why I like this." Mhm. Yeah, it feels like it's one of those shows that, you know, not it's not necessarily going to stay with you afterwards. Mm. It doesn't stay long in the mind, no. but when you do go back in there again, you realize it's actually quite nice to just be in that zone. There you go. For can, a while can anybody think it. of another box set that's like that? Uh, Stranger um, Things that we're still talking about three weeks later? No, I think we know. I'd jump on that straight away. Okay. I'd be straight back to it. Yeah, um, I think that's... I think this feels a bit like Dirt... I mean, you mentioned Daredevil earlier, and that's a, that's a show that when I start watching it, I do quite get into it, but it's not it's not a show that stays in the mind very long. No. Um, either. Um, no. Yeah, that's the one that comes to mind, but then... Um, you know, you don't like Daredevil, though, do no, you? No, I do You're like Daredevil. I do, I do. I'll carry on watching Daredevil. I just think it's um, it, it's trying much harder than uh, Gotham to be kind of cool and different. And um, and for me, there's there's it's a, there is something there that feel again. It's just like for me, Gotham has gone we're a comic book that's what we're going to do and we're going to do it like this we're going to do it like a parisian dungeon and make it all gothic and that's great daredevil is more like mm, let's explore the thoughts and feelings of everybody like oh, really yeah. and then get some really uh, good action violence scenes 
uh, which mm. and I'm being really flippant because I've watched all of that as well but um, you're not convincing me to try Daredevil no I'm not at the moment but, well uh, I, I did like it but yeah I, I see your point I mean it's uh, it can be quite a bit too much trying to be about feelings and stuff yeah there is a bit of that and there's a, I think with Gotham the key with it for me is going to be the villains like and the penguin is an example of one that could be really good like i i feel like a show like gotham because the you know gordon james gordon is quite a sort of everyday ordinary cop but with a good heart and a good with integrity it's going to rely heavily on having very good bad guys and that's yeah. going to be important too. a lot like um, another marvel show jessica jones is yep. brilliant the first series because david tennant's bad guy is just amazing he's, right. he's the best thing in it and uh, yeah. so you do need a good well, this bad is, guy this is more ensemble i think you i think you enjoy everyone's performance in this as it goes along mm. i think you start to really it's, it's a real everyone's pedaling at the same pace I'll tell you what this doesn't have that all all others do, which is a key difference. It's the, uh, I can't think of any others that have this difference. There isn't a great secret, because Batman hasn't become Batman yet. So, mm. do you know what I mean? There is no... Daredevil mm. annoyed me after a while because the people around him didn't know who he was for a full season. And there's that kind of postmodern place that we're at now that is like, oh, just fucking tell them. Just tell them. <laughs> Let's get past it. And, and be a bit so more does, challenged than that. Whereas, so in Gotham, does everybody know who, like, is there some binder of secret identities? Well, um, no, just it, uh, what I mean is Batman hasn't, he hasn't become Batman, has he? He's too young. So right. you don't, it doesn't rely at all on that idea of, oh, Lois doesn't know who Clark is. Um, the city yeah, I mean, don't know like who the, Batman is. With the villains, like everybody knows who the villains are and what they're... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and what you're learning about is the morality. What, you, what you're trying to do is pick a hero. Um, and you've got your central hero, but, you know, how is he going to navigate through these other people? And who do I, who, who I want to win out of these mafia bosses who are all different? And where's the penguin going to step into all this? And how is he going to climb the ranks? And all of that is kind of... Uh, the politics of it that become that becomes really interesting. I think. Is um, is Donald Logue uh, uh, the the Jim Gordon's partner? Is he Harvey Dent? Um, or did we meet no. Harvey Dent in the pilot? I no, feel like no. The name, but no. I mean, just looking at the cast list, there is another guy who plays Harvey Dent. Yeah, so. so I was going to okay. say I couldn't remember what was in the pilot, but he definitely comes into it. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all to come. It's all to come. But, okay. um That was just an I thought I heard the name and then I was there's something else happened and I didn't go back and check. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, Harvey Bullock, that's why. That's his name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Go- Gotham is yeah, keep going everyone. Gotham's like a shisha lounge or something. <laughs> and you go, do I really want to go in there? And then you go in and you go, oh, actually, the music's quite cool and it's always a nice cocktail. There, isn't it? And, and then you get used to it more and more. Not that I've Did you, did you go to a shisha lounge this no, week? No, I, no, I just think it's an adequate metaphor. Um, and on that, let's say goodnight. Uh, unless anyone's got anything else to add. That'll do from me. That'll do. What's next week? 
Next week is Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie next week. Mm. Okay, right. I'll watch. Uh, is that on Netflix? One. Is there anywhere? I can it's on get now hold of TV that? now. I think in the UK. Right, yeah, I thought it was on Netflix, but it's not, is it? Yeah, ben, ben pointed out that I think the licensing has switched, so they're, they're on Now TV now, so hopefully it's on there. Um, if anyone's got any comments or thoughts, again, you can email studio at theboxsetpod.com. And we will end the podcast by listening once again to what happened when Jamie accidentally muted his Skype uh, with his face. I didn't touch it. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Playing a part in the ratings on IMDb. Hello? Hello. What's up? Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, this is this is great. I've lost Jamie. Can you hear me? Hello. I, I think you've pressed mute. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Jamie has pressed mute on his Skype.